0: Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We are almost halfway through our sermon series on the end times. This is number six and we've got fourteen total. So a several more to go. It's about a three-month sermon series. If you haven't seen or heard the past messages, the other five, then check them out here in a card if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, navigate to our YouTube channel. You can check out the playlist and get caught up there, or you can just scroll back through your podcast, however you are listening or seeing this content. If If you're a returning visitor, hit that like button and make sure you share these with someone because we've got a great series. It is uh, very fascinating with all of the different beasts and the prophecies and the visions that are there. It's very awe-inspiring and awesome. So share it with other people as a way to introduce them to how cool the Bible is. And then as they get interested in discussion and, and more, then you can use that as a segue into sharing the gospel with them and then planting some seeds that hopefully will grow and they can become followers of Christ and be able to, uh, go, to, to go to heaven and live a life everlasting with the rest of us who are believers that, that Jesus died for our sins and that he paid the price for us. So, share. Share it. And, and help others get introduced to the Bible. In addition, uh, a lot of the stuff we've been going over uh, is a great topic for discussion. I've been presenting some uh, viewpoints and beliefs that are contrary to popular belief, so uh, that's going to cause a lot of discussion. So feel free to to chime in, to comment below, uh, be polite, be respectful, and remember we're having a discussion, not a debate, so keep that in mind and, and read everything with an open heart and an open mind, and, and dive into it. So if you haven't already read Daniels chapter 2, 7, 8, and then Revelations chapters 12 to 14, check it out, read them. If you've been with us, you've probably read them and you're getting tired of me recapping this all of the time. You just want the contents. So we're going to dive into it. A quick summary, though. In the past, we've spoken about uh, the, the end times, Daniel's dream, uh, what the beasts represent and how they are Representing modern nations, how other people believe them to represent nations in the past, and it's wrong, the erroneous representation of the beast. And I believe that we've shown that pretty specifically, pretty conclusively, that it is that way. Last week we spoke about how the lion became a man and the nation was humbled. It was the nation of Great Britain or the United Kingdom and it became humbled into a man, it was a superpower world domination navy, and they had tons of population for about a 100 years. They maintained this great status. They were humbled. Their wings were torn off, and those wings didn't just get thrown away. They became a nation of their own. What nation? Well, first, let's dive into the scripture. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 4. The first was like a lion, and it had the wings of an eagle. And I watched as its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man and the heart of a man was given to it. Now, of course, in today's world, depending on your translation, uh, the human uh, word would be used instead of a man, so it, it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a human being and the mind of a human or the heart of a human was given to it. Uh, that's what they mean by man, mankind. It just depends on the age and the translation of your text. Uh, The point is, the lion represented Great Britain, which was a major superpower, major world power for over 100 years. They became proud, arrogant, started suppressing their people, and their nation was divided. And these wings of an eagle came off and became a nation of their own. What nation? Well, let's check out some nations that use the eagle as their symbol. There are a lot of them. And in addition, there are a lot of states or provinces, or territories that may use the, the eagle as their symbol. Uh, so one of them could have risen. But we have to keep in mind that this nation that was an eagle is not a nation that is somewhere in the future that is going to rise. It was in the time of Daniel, but in our lifetime, this is a nation that has happened. It, it, it either is still here or it has already been wiped out. And so what could that be? Well... We know that it had to have come from England or Great Britain. So let's take a look at some nations that are still here that use the eagle and and that could have been colonized. Remember, either colonized, so it could have been before or during the time that they fell or were humbled, or sometime after, like they're still in alliance with Great Britain. So check them out. Mexico uses the eagle. United States, of course. Uh, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Egypt. Panama, Germany has the eagle as well. Um, Of those, which one or ones, few, came from Great Britain directly? Well, if you say maybe Mexico could have derived from Great Britain, however, Mexico really could have come from the U.S. uh, first, depending on how that all goes. Panama, same type of deal, is down in that South Central America it also they could have come up from Africa, uh, so really there's only one clear case. Uh, it could be Germany, but uh, as we'll find out, it's really Germany didn't Germany was already there, so they didn't come from Great Britain. They were there. They were, they were already a, a nation at the time, so it has to be the United States. We're gonna we just cut to the chase. Great Britain was out conquering the world. They were discovering new territories. They had explorers go to this new world to the United States. You've heard of Christopher Columbus, no doubt, and oh, we have a day about him. He, he came to the new world, obviously, and of course, uh, other explorers are, are now known to have discovered the new world long before Christopher Columbus. After all, the Native Americans or the Indians, as they were originally known as, and sometimes still are, because he thought he was in India, but Native Americans were here uh, before him, so we know that they were out finding this new world, and it became a nation. What nation? became the United States of America, and they adopted the eagle as their symbol. Uh, Was that coincidentally, or was that due to the Bible? Well, depending on what you believe, uh, the Founding Fathers, uh, w- what I believe and what history states, is the Founding Fathers were Christian. Uh, they were uh, different political than anything we have now. They We're, we're not going to get into the politics, but they were what, what could be known as a jurist naturalist. Uh, they were separate from political. They believed in God. They had the English language spoken. They were very strict. Uh, They had the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. They had all of this stuff, and they formulated all of this based on years and years of research and other nations and other documents from other countries that they pulled from and created what they believed to be a free world, one that they could worship their God, that they didn't have to pay tax to King George or to all those kings that they had that they didn't like, that they weren't oppressed and suppressed, that they could live freely in the New World world, and they founded it based on Bible principles, so biblical principles. So is it a coincidence that they chose the eagle? Probably not. Uh, The Lion of Great Britain had the eagle's wings torn off right here in Daniel, so this new nation had the eagle. Now, of course, I didn't know any of them. I wasn't here at that time. I don't know if they said, yeah. Look at, Daniel said that uh, The lion turns into has the eagle's wings torn off, and we just came from there, so let's be the eagle. I don't know if that was a conversation they had. Uh, No one probably will until we see them later on in heaven and can ask them. So that's all beside the point. We're not going political here. If you want to go political with other people, that's fine. Our point here is that the eagle's wings became a new nation. The colonists eventually became tired of Britain's rule and they revolted. The Lion of Great Britain at that time lost its wings and was humbled like a man. This was about, in the Revolutionary War, 1776, we became a free nation, or thereabouts, July 4th, all these dates in that time, in the 1700s. This was a great period in America's history. It became a new nation formed under God. The United States of America then became a great and powerful nation, and adopted the symbol of an eagle. They became the world's superpower and they've held this. I mean think about America now. We've got a huge military, a big navy, just like Britain. We have all kinds of stuff. We, we really own, we have the, the most wealth, we have a lot of people, a big, big area of land. So the United States has been the world's superpower for over 100 years, exactly like the the winged lion that was humbled into a man. So is it possible that America's reign is coming to an end, that it is time for America to be humbled? Well, they are becoming proud. America is becoming arrogant. Uh, A lot of the other nations no longer like Americans because they're so ignorant. We only know our language. Uh, We don't really learn other nations. We're very culturally inept. You go to other countries, even very poor countries, like Aruba, who all they do, uh, they're based on tourism only, their kids learn like four languages growing up. You go over some Middle Eastern nations, they learn three languages growing up and in our schools in America we learn one, maybe two languages, if we're lucky to have that extracurricular. It's not something we learn automatically, so that's we're definitely falling behind in that area of the curve, but They're also very prideful in America. We have tons of money, but we also have tons of poverty. For such a rich and wealthy nation, why are we suffering so much? We also send so much money overseas, and our own people are suffering. Tons and tons of issues going on that are mirrored. They're mirrored. You take a look at the charts of when Great Britain fell and America revolted, and what they were doing and what they looked like, they were sending trading ships all over, they were sending money all over, their people were suffering, they were uh, oppressing their people, they were taxing them, they were uh, taking away their rights, they were giving those rights to foreigners, so the native people that were there that had been living there all their life, they said, wait a minute, why are all these immigrants getting all this free stuff and I have to work for it? And, And they didn't like that, so they left and they started a new nation and then England still tried to control them, and they said, no, enough is enough. So they fought back, and, and, it, and it wiped it out. The wings were torn off. They became their own nation, and the lion was humbled into a man. And so if you look at that, basically a lot of you are saying he's describing our world today. And unfortunately that is true. What is America doing? America is, is, is copying the same thing. History is going to repeat itself at some point in time. So our leaders would do well to learn history and then know it so that they don't repeat it, but it's already happening. We're overtaxed, we're overpopulated, the the prisons are going crazy, we have immigrants flooding in, they're getting a ton of stuff, and our own people who are here are not getting those same treatments. Uh, We have issues of race, when really we're all the same people. Whether I'm white or you're black or blue or brown, what difference does it make? It doesn't. It doesn't make any difference. But for some reason, that's being assigned. You don't You don't say, hey, look at that white kid. But, but people say, look at that black kid. Why? Why does it matter? It doesn't. It, they're both children. And we're all children of God, so that's the main thing we need to know. And the point is, is all of this stuff that's bringing up, I said, yes, I'm not going political, but everything that's happening, it really is politics. And the point of it is, whether you believe one way or another, right or wrong, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, all of these different viewpoints, the point of it all, it all comes to one thing. And the one thing is that America is becoming proud and they are copying exactly what happened in the 1700s when the new world revolted against England and Britain, and the lion became humbled and turned into a man. The new wings of an eagle, this nation of America, is doing the same thing. So his history, if, if you look at it and it's the same thing, we know what could potentially happen unless we alter the course. We know where the course is going. If the course gets altered, it could be changed. But if it doesn't, the, the, the rest is inevitable. We know what will happen. America is probably going to be humbled could fall, how it will happen, when it will happen, we don't know. But is it going to happen before Christ returns, during Christ's return, or after Christ returns? Well, we know that in Daniel chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, it says, Then I continued to watch, because of the boastful words the horn was speaking, I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into a blazing fire." So we know what this is. This is the horn that rises out. It is proud, it is arrogant, and it speaks boastful words. Could that be America? I'm gonna cut you right there and say, no, it's not. Uh, That horn is not America. That horn is something else, a new nation, a fourth beast that will rise. So let's keep going on. The beast was slain. So not just the horn came off. The whole beast was slain and was thrown into the lake of fire. So what is this? This is the Antichrist that's coming about, creating these nations, creating. Remember, this is a time of strife, uh, war. We know this from the beginning of Daniel chapter 7 when the seas and the multitudes of people, we know there's going to be a lot of strife and war based on this. The four winds of heaven churning up the great sea, the great sea of people. Winds of heaven, strife, conflict, war, etc. So continuing on, uh, it was thrown into the blazing fire. Verse 12 says the other beasts, which are those other nations, remember now we've talked about the lion and to the man, so England, Great Britain, so that's one nation, and then the wings of the eagle, that's another nation. So uh, those two nations, plus we have the other ones. Remember, we have the leopard and the bear, or the bear and then the leopard and then the fourth beast. So all of these countries that we're, we're picking up, it says right here, they had been stripped of their authority. So even though uh, these nations could fall, they were allowed to live for a period of time, which means that they must still be in existence when the Antichrist is slain, because they were stripped of their authority and then allowed to live for a period of time. And this was after the Antichrist was slain and thrown into the lake of fire. So, we know that these nations that were coming uh, up with these—we've we, got Britain now. We've got America. We know that these nations, whether they're renamed, rebranded, uh, downsized, whatever the case may be, the people and and the nations will still exist at this time. So when the world starts going to an end and. The, everything gets crazy, and people start fighting, and the war, and everything happens, and the Antichrist uh, creates that fourth nation, uh, that fourth beast that is being spoken about in Daniel, and then he gets slain because Christ returns, and the, the Antichrist gets thrown into the lake of fire. All of that happens, and these nations are still here for a period of time, so they will be in existence. In what capacity, we don't know. In addition, Uh, Will uh, we be alive? We don't know. Will Christians get pulled out before that happens? Speculation on each way. Sometimes they're said, well, some of them are here, some of them get pulled out, or all of them get pulled out. We're not getting into that. We're just getting into what this stuff represents. So if you have questions or comments, please put them below. Discussion is great. Engaging in it is great. Share this stuff on your social media to spark more discussion. More people are are prone to comment and discuss things. If it's on Facebook, then on YouTube, because more people are there and they like typing out all their opinions and and beliefs. So feel free to do that, to share it. Maybe type out your own opinion. You can even share an image from this, that's fine. Whatever you like to do to spark some conversation. So what do we have coming up? This is part six. We got 14, so we've got uh, we're about halfway through. So next week we're going to talk about the next beast, which is the bear with three ribs, and what that bear could represent. Remember, we've talked about the wrong representations of it. Uh, it could represent something else, and then those three ribs could also be three more nations or countries uh, that could be consumed by the bear. So even though we have four beasts in Daniel, it's shaping up to be a lot of nations because we've already discovered that. Uh, The first beast is really now two nations, so if we got the bear coming up with one nation and then possibly three more, that could be a lot more nations. So then after that, we've got the leopard with its four wings and four heads, which could be multiple nations. We have people believing that it was Alexander the Great and four generals who divided up his kingdom, which would be one kingdom and then four more kingdoms, so five total. I mean, this is getting, a, a, a lot of the world here is coming into this. After that, we've got the leopard head wounded. And where does that come from? That's in Revelation uh, chapter 13. We'll talk about that. And then when we get all those beasts nailed down and what they represent, we're going to talk about the new world order that comes from that. And then the fourth beast that arises after that happens. And when that happens, the fourth beast comes, then we're going to have a lot more war than, than what this is. So we'll have the east against the west. And then we have at that point in time, the beginning of the end. That's when it starts. And then, finally, the end. And so we're going to take a look at all that, what it'll look like, so stay tuned and uh, share it with your friends, get them involved, get them tuned in, get people excited, and let's keep going through these great prophecies of the end times. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for Uh, The great ability to interpret the scriptures and to uh, understand them. Lord, I ask that these people would be able to grasp this, that they would be intrigued and that they would dive in and do their own investigations and their own interpretations and form their own beliefs and opinions based on scripture and that you would also speak to them and give them the Holy Spirit so that they would be able to interpret and understand it not just on their own, but with you so that they know that they have the right mind and the right beliefs and that they are getting exactly what it is supposed to mean and not some false interpretation of it. And Lord, I ask that ultimately this would all be a segue into salvation for people, that they would continue to live a great life being the salt and light of the world and follow you in everything they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for staying with us during this series. We've got a lot more to come, so stay tuned. In addition, uh, hit that like button, hit the bell icon, and hit the subscribe button. And also, use those share icons to share this with others and to get them involved as well. God bless.